Welcome to the One Last Sketch Podcast, a show dedicated to science fiction, fantasy, and history. I'm Michael. I'm Marie. And I'm Corey. And we're back for another Dungeoneering edition after a not-so-wonderful outing the last time in Gamma World. Oh my god. We've come crawling back to Rose Estes and the Revolt of the Dwarves. I just like to point out that I, I, when I listened to the last episode, I realized we made a total of three choices. Yeah, <laughs> which kind of, kind of defeats the purpose of a choose your own adventure. I was like, "Wow, we didn't do a whole lot of interaction." I didn't go back and recount how much we did in um, Dungeons of Dread. Despair, Dread, Dungeons Dread. of Dread. Um, but I felt like it was a lot more. <laughs> yeah, to fill in those of you who were not following along for the last two episodes, what we've been doing is going through TSR Endless Quest books from the '80s that I found at the dump. Mm-hmm. I've been quote-unquote DMing. That basically just means I'm summarizing what the passages are, and these two fine adventurers here make the choices. Yep, we're there tolerating are, this. <laughs> <laughs> there are exactly two rules. Number one, they have to agree on the choices that they make together, so I don't jump the gun when someone argues over another person. Number two, and we subverted this last time, which was a mistake, no take-backsies! No take-backsies! Next even time if, we just die. <laughs> even if your first choice leads to insta-death, that just means we're going to do another book to fill yeah. out the episode instead of going back, because it's far more entertaining if you're digested by a giant mushroom or something. Mm-hmm. That yeah. may almost work out for the best, mm-hmm. actually, because we get through these quicker. Yes. Yeah, as opposed I mean, to trying to find the true ending again when yeah. they're really lame. Yeah, and I mean, everyone listening, we did have quite a bit of fun on the first one, actually. That was fun. It's just that we're a bit jaded from Quest's Mountain or whatever. And for those of you keeping score, so far our two intrepid adventurers have successfully completed one adventure, full points. In the second one, they were captured by batters. So yep. that's zero. You got one Which zero so far. Yeah, and um, to, to reiterate, the batters were literally giant mutant humanoid beavers. Yeah, well, let's Badgers, see that apparently. I looked it up. Uh, <laughs> and I also realized that they totally had their city made around a dam entirely so that we would be able to burst that dam later on. Because I was thinking about it, like, why would you turn a river to build your houses there when you don't have to do that? You are asking for logic in a poorly constructed kids' book. I- yes. Speaking of poorly constructed kids' books, what, so let's hang on to the next one or carry yeah, on to the next one. We're doing Revolt of the Dwarves. Dwarves are kind of revolting. Yeah. Fantasy variety. <laughs> Good you made that caveat. Yeah. This book is for John Blanton, who is very special. Copyright 1983. There is absolutely no character description or instructions or anything leading into this one, so you're just going to have to deduce who you're playing, okay. I suppose. Uh, we are back in generic fantasy world, as per the first Endless Quest book. Yay! Dwarves and elves and orcs, oh my. Mm. 
You are in a cart. You see a cloud coming. You ask your dad if it's a storm. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> your dad is like the riders, and your mother asks if they're bandits, and he says, "No, Martha. They can't be bandits because the dwarven guards cleaned up all that crap years and years ago." Sorry, literally, our mother's name is Martha. Yes, your oh, mother's wow. name is Martha. Your father's name is Paul, and your name is Galen. So you must be a healer. Yeah, I mean, healer to the gladiators, honestly. Actually, it appears you're all of ten years old. It doesn't actually say your age, but you're not acting very adult. You do have a puppy, so that's kind of cool. Oh my god, is this puppy going to be Loris? Well, the it puppy just can't might talk. Be. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a good point, yeah. You're better off that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear god, his name is Woofy. Oh dear god. <laughs> wow. So the riders approach, and your dad is like, "Oh, thank heavens, it's the guard." Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of sort the of guard. There should be a little hint in the title right here. Uh, they seem to be sort of concerned that there, there was like a cloud, and they're like, "Oh my god, what is that?" And also, apparently... the dwarves are riding horses, Not which ponies? is unusual. Yeah, because fantasy it just says they're horses. It doesn't say they're ponies, but let's assume they're Shetland ponies. Let's yeah. assume they're. Kate Beaton's fat little Yeah, ponies. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like that. just that. makes it so much better. <laughs> so the dwarves come in and surround your little caravan, and a dwarf named Sneed shows up. He sounds like a bad guy. Actually, I think that's wrong. His name isn't Sneed? <laughs> I don't think the dwarf is named Sneed. <laughs> the writing is that of that quality, is it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, listeners, uh, Rose Estes is supposedly quite a lot more purple and um, difficult to discern. The only good thing about Quest's Mountain was that it was, I guess, blessedly brief in terms of sentence structure, but long in terms of passage. So there you go. Okay, so Sneed is the leader of the dwarves. Yeah, okay. And he says he's just going to ask a few questions and then you'll be on your way. Here's where you find out that Father is the royal map maker. Why is he in a cart? <laughs> why are we doing what we're doing at all? Yeah. There is absolutely no explanation for why you're on the road. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> then Sneed says, seize him, and they grab your father. I knew he wasn't going to actually ask any questions. How did I know this? Because I've seen a movie before. <laughs> yeah, and Sneed is like, who would suspect that the king's own dwarven guard would be treacherous. Um, well, they saw so, the title of the book, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now they're going to take back what was taken from them by the humans, and they say that a map maker would be useful in founding their new kingdom, which I guess there's only one. Is this the? Is it like the Stone of Scone? Uh, I not I really. Wish it was. There is absolutely well, nothing like that in there. But let's assume that the dwarves all have Scottish accents. If they're just trying to reclaim what's theirs, that implies they're the oppressed colonial minority or majority, or however you want to phrase it. So really, we're the bad guy here. Yeah. Yeah, but for some reason, they were made the king's guards. That seemed poorly planned. On his part, yeah. yeah. I don't suppose we can go back in time and make better choices for the king, can we? No. This no. is where we start. The dwarves say soon they're going to launch their attack on the kingdom. 
Cool. And they're going to burn your wagon after searching it for gold and maps. You are hidden in the wagon, you hear the order, and you have three choices. Golden maps? How lucrative do they think, like, map making is? Well, if you work for the king. I guess. As it said, it's what there's only one. Our, oh, one we thought a monopoly. Okay. That's the only way this passage <laughs> makes any sense. Okay. So, your choices are you can fight the dwarves and try to rescue your parents. You could continue hiding in the cart and hope they don't find you. Or you can try to escape. I feel like if we fight the dwarves, we're going to die. I feel like if we stay in the cart, we're going to get burned to death. Because they just said they are going to set it on fire. Let's see if we can go for insta-death, then. Just hide in the cart? <laughs> well, no, do you really want to see how this plays out? Or do you just really want to see if we can make a mockery of the whole system? Um, no, I think, we should, I think we should engage it with good spirit in this and try to do the proper right. thing still. Well, I kind of want to fight them, but... You want to fight them? Okay, fine, let's fight them and see what happens. Okay. Uh-huh. Come on, we're ten years old, this will end well. It's way at the back. Mm. You wriggle out of the cart, and the dwarves kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was fun. First choice! That's gotta be a new record! (laughs) And it says, please go back to page seven and begin another adventure, as if there's an order there. But clearly we're not feeling this today. (laughs) Yeah, nope. Um, So, a new book, or...? So, that was Endless Quest number five. Revolt of the Dwarves. Not so endless, apparently. Not so endless. That brings us to Endless Quest number 16, The Dragon's Ransom. All right. We might, maybe in the future, at some point, we might return to that one if we feel like it, but we probably won't. Great job, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I would like it to be noted that I was like, we'll totally die if we fight these dwarves. And I was right. <laughs> this time we're going to actually try. Alright. Copyright <laughs> 1984. Still wasn't more the Grand Oon with loyalty and affection. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> there is a preamble in this one telling you not to read the book from the beginning to the end. Blah, blah, blah. Or blah, else blah, blah. be confused. You're playing Lowendal. Lowie? I guess we'll call him Lowie. Okay. A cleric who lives in the peaceful land of Oon. So I guess she dedicated her book to a fictional character in the book. That's kind of touching. Aww. The peace is seldom broken, apparently. Except for now! We're a cleric, though. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so mm. what happens is the dragon protects Oon from the neighboring kingdoms. And in return, he wants a somebody to collect treasure for him and bring it to his cave. Oh. What? It's not a maiden? I was going to say, no. where, where are the virgin sacrifices? Like, I, I picture so, just like, as soon as I heard Dragon Guardian, I just pictured like cartload after cartload of nubile young virgins going up to be consumed. Because they apparently have the tastiest flesh, I don't know. Well, there was that Disney movie, Dragon mm. Slayer. I don't, mm. I don't actually remember much mm. of it, but it had that as a plot device. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course it did. <laughs> so the dragon speaks, shouts a sentry at the top of a guard tower. I don't actually know where you are. <laughs> well, we're not in the guard tower, <laughs> so. So what that. we know is that the dragon lives in a cave in the only pass that leads into the land of Un. And he's very good at guarding the land. 
I mean, there's only one way in, and he's there, so I guess that's pretty damn effective. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just breathe fire down the canyon and everything's dead, so... (laughs) And every month, the dragon speaks, and he demands gold and precious jewels in return for his protection, which I think is pretty reasonable. Yeah, you know, like, the mafia is way worse. At least he's actually giving some kind of protection. I'm sorry, I I, I just, I have to make this joke, so it's that time of the month, is it? It's a male dragon. The sex of the dragon is not specified. Ha! (laughs) It's probably a male dragon. Actually, it says his rumbling. Ha! The dragon's not greedy. He doesn't ask more than the people can give him. Again, reasonable. Yeah. But he also is not patient. So yeah, well, fair enough. So, stand there, listening to the dragon. He does not tell us what the dragon says. <laughs> he speaks, but not to you, I guess. What we do know is that nobody knows what happens if they don't pay. Oh, come I on, assume, you can infer that. I assume bad things. But <laughs> I assume a lot of fire. People have always... What it's getting to is that people have always paid the dragon. I am fire. I am death. So, it's not enough for them to drag out carts towards the dragon. The dragon, the Grand Oon, who rules the land of God. Oon, it's such a terrible name. It sounds like an Ood. I, yeah, I keep expecting you to say Ood. But he's not a Doctor Who fan. No. So. Yeah. I am a Doctor Who fan. Well. Just not current. There you well, go. I haven't read it. I haven't watched it. Oh yeah, because he's from the 1940s. Anyway. So the Grand Oon, instead of just taxing people, sends out one treasure seeker (laughs) to find all the treasure for the tax. Because that's an efficient way of doing it. I really feel like the dragon has a better head on his shoulders than this guy. (laughs) And you, Lowendal, Lowy, have been chosen to seek the next ransom for the dragon. Because that's a big surprise. Why would they change it up? Wouldn't you just leave it with the same guy who'd like get to know the job quite well and sort of be able to set up a network? But no, we're going to change it every month? That's yeah, dumb. I don't think so. Well, again, attacks made more sense. I know. <laughs> so you just learned this last night from the cleric you're apprenticed to, who's named Poulter. So wait, we're Poulter not even a full and cleric. His brother Geist. Oh my god. Like, actually? Or... Book, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, this, you did not believe this because you're only 13 and that's stupid. Why would yeah. you send a 13 year old out on this quest? I had to agree with us in this situation. Yeah. So, what what do we know about Loey? He has blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, he's Aryan. And that's about it. I kind of. Why so, did Laura t- choose to pick out those particular details as yeah. somehow important? Because mm. we're an Aryan Ubermensch, apparently. Udermensch. Udermensch. <laughs> I grew up loving you, Udermensch, I guess, because it's an un. However, you're not ah. entirely powerless. You've already mastered the command spell that makes other creatures obey your orders. So How about what? the dragon? Here's a question. Yeah, why is no one cast that on the dragon yet? The dragon's probably got Because the command works well only on dim-witted creatures. Ah. So it'll work on people is what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. The grand dude. The dragon. <laughs> I feel like this dragon was probably like, you guys could have just set up a tax, but hey, however you want to do it, I just want the treasure. <laughs> You, okay. you also have the detect evil spell. Mm. Most of the time it works. 
Great. So maybe it's not that useful. Well, again, as um, various webcomics have proven, giant lead sheets can block detect evil spells. Yes. You also have remove fear, but it only works on others. That doesn't sound so useful for you. Well, no, if you've got a kind of a bitchy meat shield, you cast it on them and they charge in wholeheartedly. Mm. Mm. So apparently because you know these not very great spells, you were chosen to be the next treasure seeker. I'm kind of scared to think about what the rest of the people in this kingdom are like. Yeah, what about, this just seems like a bad idea. How about Poulter? Isn't he any good at things? We're supposedly learning from him. I don't know. Poulter didn't want to go because he wanted to stay with his brother. And haunt young children through television screens. Uh, so you go before the Grand Oon, and he's like, Hey, Loey, how's school? <laughs> Actually, this is what happens. Oh, my God! <laughs> and hey. chat about homework. There's no homework in a fantasy realm. What kind of <laughs> dumbness is this? And then he tells you that you've been chosen to go to the dwelling of the Hobgoblins in the land of Tesk, where there's rumor of a great treasure... <laughs> So wait, we have to leave the land that's all peaceful and awesome. To go commit genocide on a bunch of hobgoblins and take their stuff. To give to a dragon. Yeah, I guess you're in a metal-poor region. Uh, I don't know. There's no mines, there's no industry, there's no cotton spitting, there's no textiles. There is nothing here. I was going to say, not only does this not sound like a sustainable economy, it doesn't even sound like an economy. It's like, oh, we'll rely on the dragon to protect us. Well, great. Why? You know what's... um, It sounds like being invaded would actually bring industry and, like, economy to this region. Oh, wow, you sound really conservative. But also, you know what else this place (laughs) sounds like? more Roman, actually. Boring is what this place sounds like. (laughs) Well, you will be leaving it. Yay! Okay, cool. So Poulter (laughs) will give you a map that you study before you go, but you're not allowed to take it with you. Because that makes sense. <laughs> Where's the not... map maker dude from the last book? Can really use him works. right now. Oh yeah, they all died. <laughs> uh, apparently this is because they don't want the map captured. You know, it's not we like don't trust are... a, We don't trust a 13-year-old to carry a map, but we do trust him to go to another land to procure enough yes, treasure we'll, for a we'll dragon. We'll leave our kingdom's entire fate in his hands. Uh, he says, <laughs> your spells should be enough, but... Just barely. You can wish for other weapons to protect you on this quest, so we will let you take some companions. No! Oh, crap. He nods to his right, and for the first time, the first time, you notice three young men are standing near the throne. The first one is Draug, the fighter. He's also your age, so not a very good fighter. Yep. Second is Kyrell, the magic user, who also apparently is your age. God damn it. This is setting up for a YA novel at this point. And then Kyrell's like, let me show you my magic, and he shows you some magic on, casts some magic at you, and you're like, that's pretty impressive. You just made that sound dirty, I'd like to point (laughs) out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then the third guy laughs because you got hit with lightning or whatever. Just to be clear, we do eventually get to make choices in this book, right? Yes. The third one is Pantel, who is a talented young thief at also yep. your age. <laughs> <sighs> so so we've, got the whole, we've got the classic four-part party then. Hmm. 
At least you only get to pick one. Yes. But the, the, a decision is about to come up. I think we get to pick one. So, you can decide to go alone, or you can take the three with you. <laughs> That's, you know, wow. Picking one would have been a much more better choice. That would have been a much larger book you'd be holding it as. <laughs> Alright, so despite the overwhelming Loris factor, I do think taking them is probably yeah, a better idea. Yeah, taking them is probably a better idea. Okay. <laughs> Alright, Loris, one, you two, three. You have voluntarily sidled yourself. With three annoying companions. No, we did not, because we just recognized that going alone equals insta-death. So. Yeah, I mean, even the Legend of Zelda gave you a sword when you were going alone. <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone. Take these three strangers. Maybe they'll just kill us and wander away. So, you guys leave. Are they also blonde-haired and blue-eyed? There was no descriptions beyond them being young. <laughs> so, you, your supplies are food, clothing, herbs, silver coins, so there are coins in this game. There is metal! <laughs> I thought you were about to say dumb. silverware, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> we eat with yeah, you take some road. utensils and silver plate and <laughs> so a bedroll and a suit of leather armor. You guys study the map together and memorize it, because they won't let you take the map with you. We can't copy it out. And here's where we learn that none of you have ever been outside the land of Oon. Uh, Shock it all. Yeah. So you pass the cave of the golden dragon. You can hear him sleeping in there. Wait, it's a gold dragon? Then it's a relatively good dragon. (laughs) Okay, cool. But as you walk past the cave, you notice that Pantel is no longer with you. This is not good, says one of you. Oh god, don't go and reenact Beowulf. <laughs> I think this is the thief that just disappeared, yeah, correct? Yeah, yes. Oh, he's reenacting Beowulf. Well, he's actually reenacting the Hobbit. Which was reenacting Which was Beowulf. reenacting Beowulf. Fair enough. <laughs> so you notice him sneaking towards the cave, and you tell him to stop, but he yep. just shrugs and walks right into the cave. And gets eaten. Awesome. And then he turns around and leaves the cave. Mm-hmm. So I guess he didn't actually go in. Hmm. That was very anticlimactic, actually. <laughs> I expected something to happen there, but no, and he leaves. So the rest of the morning passes peacefully since that one potential moment of drama was completely wasted. <laughs> and you come around the path, and you, suddenly a giant troll shows up ahead of you. Oh, cool. Just out of curiosity, was it really necessary to specify giant? Like, have you ever seen a regular-sized troll? Or the suddenness. Because it probably wasn't actually that sudden. I assume this is a bridge? It must be a bridge. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <yeah. laughs> a troll bridge, of course. So you guys hide, clearly. <clears throat> and the troll is just... He is Hanging. on a bridge. Just you suddenly realize that the troll is on a bridge after oh, wow. carefully. Hey, I, what, at first I thought that troll was hovering in the air, but then I realized there's this whole stone and wood and wood construction actually holding it up there. Yeah, so Pantel says he can probably crawl along the edge of the bridge, swing around, and he won't even know he's there. Mm. But you're like, what about the rest of us? And he does not have an answer, because he does not give a shit about either of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. He's a rogue. Yeah, no, fair fair enough. Draug says, I want to kill the troll. Of course he does. Go for it. And the spellcaster, Kyrell, says that, well, he's apparently a coward. (laughs) Because he he starts stuttering, going, Oh, see... 
Prestidigitinaceous might prevail. See, I assumed he was going to be the bookish one who wanted to study it somehow. Somehow. How is he going to do anything with, like, a vocal component if he stutters like that? He's not, and we're all going to die. So your choices are for Kyrell to use his magic or for Draug to fight the troll. Draug? You know, the magic makes more sense under normal circumstances, but yeah, maybe we should uh, fight. Yeah, I don't trust this wizard to actually do anything freaking useful. Fight! Flipping pages, flipping pages, flipping pages. Draug looks super happy that you chose to fight. Tells you to wait, and he advances on the troll who doesn't seem to hear him. Because I guess the troll is blind because his nose does begin to twitch when Drow. Wait, 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 hey, back, back, back it up. The troll doesn't hear him because I guess it's blind. Is that what it actually says? <laughs> it says who seems not to hear him coming. It's just mm-hmm. the illustration here. The troll doesn't appear to have any eyes. Oh, so I'm trying to extrapolate here. Okay. But his nose twitches. Drow draws his sword. They fight. The troll rages! And nothing. <laughs> Drow cuts one of his arms off. <laughs> and he slices off the other arm. And Dude, the monster regains them? Oh, right. D&D trolls. They can regenerate. All right. So he's regenerating while Draug is cutting off its limbs. So again, that wasn't actually a choice since Draug is holding his own but not able to defeat the troll and you have to rely on Kyrell's magic. Damn it! Not an <sighs> actual choice. Uh, uh, <laughs> false so you right, tell fine, let's do that. Kyrell to use the burning hand spell, and he does it. And cool. flames spread all across the troll's body. I guess this is a different outcome because it says right in the passage that Draug is still fighting the troll. Ah. So maybe it actually was a choice. It just didn't seem like one. Hmm. And now that the troll's on fire, he can't regenerate, so Draug is able to chop away at it. I'm not really sure how on fire and not and able to regenerate actually links up, but hey, whatever. Cool. Dead. Yeah, so he gets burned into ashes. The bridge is fine. Stone bridge. Uh, le- no, I can tell you right now that the illustration showed a rope bridge. <laughs> oh, God. So laugh if we just torch the bridge. These books, my God. Okay, cool. And this is why you don't go burning bridges behind you. So the bridge is clear, and Pantel's like, it looks like nothing happened at all. Let's go. And awesome. you say, something did happen, though. Your wisdom in making decisions was tested, and it proved to be all right. Oh, wow. That's a really bad attempt at a heavy-handed moral, and we're not even at the end of the story yet. Carrying along, intrepidly. So you're walking, you're walking, you're walking, and you come As one tends lake. to do... There is an island in the center of the lake, and you're like, we're going to stop here for lunch. There's a lake? Oh, the bridge is across a lake? So I'd like to point out, this is so far following the C.S. Lewis model of walk a bit, meet a bit. And kill something. And kill something, yeah. And That's not so much as C.S. As you're resting, a voice says, beautiful day, isn't it? Oh my god, we've gone crazy. It's and a master this big, muscly guy shows up. Yeah, he looks friendly, though. <laughs> His skin and hair are dark, almost green, and his water is sparkling in his hair, so he must have been swimming. But he's green. Dark green. Hmm. Who knows? So, there's banter. Yep. 
You're really excited by this book, too, aren't you? <laughs> well, you're talking, but you're not actually saying anything. Lovely day, yes it so is. So he like just falls asleep, and Pantel brings up the treasure you guys are looking for in the Hobgoblin's cave. And then the guy's eyebrow shoots up, and he's like, You know, if it's treasure you're after, there's legend of a hidden treasure. Emeralds cool. and rubies and diamonds and coins. It's an underwater cave. And mm. Pantel's like, Oh, well, that makes things a lot easier than having to kill stuff, since we've already proved how how brave we are with the troll thing, so we should do that. And you're like, but we don't know anything about this treasure. Yeah. Swimmer says it belonged to a band of robbers, they hid it there, and they never came back. So why is he just randomly telling us this? Yes, you wonder that. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> so, muttering under your breath, you do the detect evil spell. Uh, doing this, you come to the conclusion that the strangers... This is the actual sentence. So the strangers' basic alignment is not evil. Mm. Well, that's helpful. <laughs> it's... Is that the neutral or good, then? <laughs> yeah, so you ask, has anyone tried to retrieve the treasure before? And he's like, sure, but it's really hard to dive there. You need a lot of lung power. Mm. And then Pantel starts arguing with you, which is yep. completely useless dialogue that means nothing. <laughs> and it means that there was a certain word quota they had to fulfill for the book. Mm. Pantel finally goes, are you going to let me go or not? And because you don't respond immediately, he's like, well, even if you're not going to let me, you're not going to stop me. And he starts running like... Okay, cool. And the swimmer's like, shrugs his shoulders. Neutral. Chaotic neutral? Uh, <laughs> right. Maybe even a true neutral seems kind of like a force of nature type character. Yeah! So, what you can do is you, you can stop Pantel with a magic spell, or you can let him dive into the lake. You know what? Since we're playing a choose your own adventure, which involves lots of choices, I strongly believe in allowing people to be autonomous and making their own choices. <laughs> and if he wants to go and dive in a lake and probably get drowned by this um, forces nature, spirit, dude, go for it. Alright. We'll probably be upset and just return home after that, but hey. Your logic is impeccable. Yep. Just when Pantel and the swimmer reach the edge of the water, you say, wait, I will swim with, with you. That was not a choice that I made. Yeah, so you dive, and you're swimming, swimming, and you're surrounded by a bunch of people, and you realize you're surrounded by Nixies. Thought so. Evil underwater creatures. Live in the seaweed. Actually, they're yep. not evil. They're just neutral. <laughs> yeah, but so that's why this particular Nixie didn't mm-hmm. activate your detect evil spell. But mm-hmm. they do enslave, they do delight in enslaving humans, mm. which is clearly not evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, guess what? You've been enslaved by Nixies. Cool. <sighs> <laughs> That's two books where we've ended up as a slave. So, yeah. What? You have only successfully completed one adventure so far. Yeah. Neither uh, of these had very good setups no. or good writing or nope. any of that. So probably a good thing we ended yeah. early. Yeah. yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not that I expect good writing from these, but I do expect a little more effort, and it seemed like all the effort and originality was wasted on the first one. Yeah. <laughs> it 
this does seem like it. Uh, Laura kinda... French is a worse writer than Rose Estes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose if we want, we could take another crack at the dwarves, but... Eh, maybe another day. Do you really want to? <laughs> no, not really. not really. I mean, you could tell from my high-energy dungeon <laughs> mastering that these were just enthralling adventures. <laughs> Why don't you take a brief look at the next ones before we do our next podcast? There is exactly one left. Well then, I guess we'll go for the finale next time. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So, so far our conclusion is that the first one was where all the effort went into, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That this was where some it felt like Rose Estes actually had fun writing it and wanted to include a bunch of elements. I mean, there was a depressed baboon. (laughs) With alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah, and there were little weird out-there touches that helped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems like uh, these later ones are just a little more formulaic. Like, they're very clearly geared towards the whole concept of replay value. Yeah. But as pointed out in the last one, there are choices that are not choices. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, what do you want to do? Oh, guess what? Both happen anyway. And then on the final choice, you guys clearly knew you weren't supposed to let the rogue go away. Yeah. But you were yeah. like, we want to stay in character and possibly just stop this boring book from continuing. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> um, I didn't think they were getting slain. I just assumed that he would have died and that we'd go home I, in despair. But, cause, but um... No, I, I honestly thought it was false peril. I thought we were going to dive in, we are going to find the treasure, and everything would have been okay. Nah, that was too good to be true. <laughs> And totally, this guy was dark green. I was like, he's some kind of, like, naiad or dryad something. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you were ten, do you think this was cool? Yeah, it's a big I mean, maybe. starting out on this project, I thought, based on the first book, that there would at least be really entertaining bad writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Eye of Argon. Yeah, but that's not happening. And I'm disappointed yeah. in these people for not trying less hard. <laughs> oh well. So, keeping score, one success, three okay. failures. <laughs> Tune in next time for the exciting conclusion to this challenge we've set ourselves to. Yeah. Woo! The super uber exciting conclusion. Uh, I've been Michael. I've been Marie. And I've been Corey. And still am, in fact. Yeah. Yeah, You can find previous episodes of this podcast, which, again, this is a one-off thing we're doing. Usually, Usually these fine folks and other guests that I might have on talk about books and history. And it's a lot more rambling, actually. Stuff anyway. not D&D related. But it's interesting <laughs> rambling. Yeah. Yeah. One last sketch.wordpress.com. You can also find previous episodes on iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. You can find Marie at yatropexy.wordpress.com. And that site is about... Oh, medicine and art and stuff. Thank you all yeah. for listening. This has been a super short episode. <laughs> Yeah, we got two. It's a twofer. In less than the time than the last one took. Yeah. If you like the podcast, recommend it. Just not this one. Yeah. Stopping the recording. (laughs)